Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church. We interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to start by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. We have two services Sunday morning, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. We'd love to see you at either. The service continues to be available via live stream, that 11 a.m. service. You can find it at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And if you come during that 11 a.m. service, we have Korean and Japanese translation available. We hope to see you there. This week, we're going to be answering some of the big questions of life. Where did I come from? Where am I going? And those questions can lead us to some ultimate questions. Is there a God? Is the Bible true? How can I experience God's power in my life? Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that today, but let's begin the program by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, Hoffaday, Chris. This Sunday, we're launching a new series that you just described called Christianity 101. And uh, trying to talk about just some basic life questions. And we'd like to invite you, if you're listening, to come along, invite somebody to come with you. We're going to spend six weeks in this series. Really, the, the outline of the weeks is going to be based on three main passages in the Scripture. In fact, I call these the big three, uh, Genesis 3, John 3, and Romans 3, and I think that if you understand what's going on in those three passages, texts in the scriptures, you'll have a pretty good understanding of the whole flow of the meaning of, of the Bible. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the big three in the course of, uh, of this series, and I think it'll be interesting to, for you wherever you're at in your spiritual walk, if you're... You know, sort of seeking, you're asking some questions, if you're a young believer, or if you just want to know sort of what the flow of the scripture is about. I hope that you'll join us for these weeks at Harvest, and uh, we're just going to lift up the scriptures and let them speak to us and ask God to use that time in our lives. So we want to invite you to come and join us this coming Sunday as we launch it out. Well, I'm super glad to have with us uh, our uh, evangelist that's been with us for the summit meetings, Pastor Will Galkin. Will, and you're actually, last week we were on the phone. One week later, man, you've been here on island. Oh, it's great. I've so enjoyed our time here. It's hard to believe it's already gone. I mean, this is kind of a quick trip to come all the way out to Guam and back. <laughs> it is. You were just mentioning uh, you feel like uh, – Jet lag is just starting to feel. You're starting to feel normal. Yeah, you I didn't just get slept on the plane last tomorrow. night, and I'm thinking, oh boy, it's going to return. By the time our listeners hear this, you'll already be back uh, in Utah with your family and with your church family. So it did go quick. Oh wow! Pastor Will is on the pastoral team at Gospel Grace Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's been there for about nine years, yes. I think. Um, and he's uh, been here at Harvest and on Island. This is his fifth visit here, and he's come for our summit meetings, and we've had a great time mm. together. I, I really feel like, it too. Yeah, God's just really used uh, your mm. story, the scriptures, the burdens that he's been uh, placing in your heart. We've had a number of people who've given their lives to Jesus over the course awesome. of this week, and uh, the church has been encouraged. So thank you for being willing to come. Yeah. 
Well, you're welcome. I, it really is a privilege. I, there was a phrase last night. I don't know if you caught it. It was um, commentator basically said that, you know, ministry is our, it's, it's really a gift from God. Mm. And I was just kind of meditating on that. Even as I was speaking, I was like, Lord, thank you so much for the privilege of just getting to share a little bit of the word this week. Well, we had you on Harvest Time uh, a week ago and talked a, a little bit about your background, um, your spiritual story, your family, the ministry that you've had. I don't want to go back over that again the same week. If you're interested in listening, uh, that would be available via podcast. If you go to our Facebook page for uh, KHMG, you can find last week's Harvest Time. I'd love to ask you to listen to it. It was really uh, helpful in understanding a lot of things. So, but that's information. So, but let's move forward from that and talk yeah. about uh, some things that uh, I felt like were highlights of your your teaching and preaching ministry this week. And I'd like to get a chance to kind of dig down a little bit on a couple topics, if oh, that's great. okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Okay, let me start with this. Uh, what have you learned about the church? In uh, maybe ask uh, answer the question first in twenty years of travel, and then we'll transition to maybe what you've learned in nine years of oh, being right. planted. Well, that's a really good question, you know, because um, you know when you're when you go to different churches, we've been to almost a thousand different churches in wow. the United States. Yeah, so you do begin to um, develop a good reservoir of understanding of different geographical locations of local assemblies and. Um, it's 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 unique. You you sort of become a, a little bit of a specialist, mm. um, but simultaneously you're not quite an expert of that location. So you see repetitive observations about all these churches, but you don't know the context perfectly. And so it was always a dance when we traveled because there were there were certain things that we just have an instinct to see, yet we don't always know the whole story. Right. And um, and yet I loved it. And um, you know, I think um, I think from one standpoint, I think as I think of th- and most of these would be churches in the mainland. And of course, I've done trips out here, sure. You know, other uh, locations, but predominantly those thousand churches were in the mainland. And I think, first of all, I I am encouraged that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. I think sometimes we can be pessimistic um, about the state of the church, though the church has great needs right now. Uh, yet God is not intimidated by our culture. And so I think that, that on one side, I was just so thrilled to see that. Um, secondly, I, I think that, um, you know, historically that we'd be backed up by this as well. Seasons of hardship and seasons of plenty <laughs> are both a blessing and curse. Mm. You know, when, it, when a church is like, let's say, in um, sub-Saharan Africa, and they're being chased around by um, – rebels and they're fighting for their life they they can't think much outside of their survival yet their intensity of their dependence on god is so great Mm -hmm. okay the american church has enjoyed a season of plenty so they've had the opportunity for the missions emphasis and the outward reaching but they don't really need jesus so so if you have a lot of money coming in and you and you're using it to serve the lord but there's not that same sweet dependence and I just, I think I've kind of balanced. I think, you know, I'm not that I'm saying that I'm balanced, but I balanced in my perspective that, you know, God is the one that brings those seasons of hardship or he brings a season of plenty. And then in each of those, we just need wisdom and how to steward those. 
So if I'm in a season of plenty, I want to take those resources and maximize them for the kingdom. If I'm a season in survival mode, I just want to maximize my devotion and dependence on the Lord and really trust him in it. So that, that would be one little lesson. I think the other thing is how necessary um, there just needs to be churches. <laughs> like I, I'm not really into mega churches. I mean, I'm okay with big churches. I, I'm okay with that. Is, but But when you drive across the United States, um, I'm thinking where you came from, this last ministry you had in um, Bibles International. I uh, actually, when we're heading to the church where our team came and served with you, right. I did a late night trip and I had to fly out and I wasn't with you. But when we drove from Saginaw, Michigan down to Grand Rapids area, mm-hmm. all these towns, these little towns in rural America had Christian churches. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, uh, I, I, that picture of seeing those churches late at night. Uh, town after town, I was just, I just was so overwhelmed by thinking that's what makes a country great. Mm. You know, churches of 80, 90, 100, 120 with a faithful pastor just preaching the word of God. And, um, and so I think even in traveling, I just have, I've just, I believe that churches, the most healthy expression of a healthy church is to plant a church. You know, the most healthy expression of a healthy disciples to make a disciple. And when healthy disciples make more disciples, they eventually plant a church. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's probably why I've learned from the, um, about the the church at large. And one more thing, this, the the diversity. <laughs> there's, there's not one cookie cutter, mm. you know, not one church. You can't just stamp your exact church into another location. There's just too many variables. You know, the education of the people, the ethnic background of the people, the financial standing of the people, you know, all those things. And and yet, you know, God just loves to take all that diversity for his own glory and, and use it. So. It's an interesting conversation about, uh, you know, the, the season of plenty that United States churches have experienced for, you know, a couple hundred years. And, uh, you know, missiologically. So missions, we felt like that has allowed the United States to have perhaps a greater missional influence than any other place in, you know, any other country in a long time. And uh, so our conversation now is, as we sort of are fighting for that foundation, that sort of Judeo-Christian foundation that was before that allowed the gospel to go out from the shores of the United States, you know, across across the world. And so there's some some tension between how much do we fight for that when we feel like we're losing it and the and the mission force is dwindling. I mean, you talk to yeah, mission yeah. agencies just dwindling so ra- so rapidly. I don't I don't think we have the solution here, but it's an interesting conversation yes. because there is going to be a new season That's for right. the United States right. we're tracking towards it. Yeah, and I think we might actually. Well, it kind of segues into our, our yeah. you, the, the follow up question you said. So, what have you learned about? Yeah, so you've spent nine yeah. years kind yeah. of more planting. You're still traveling, of yeah. course, but you're involved in a local church That's right. right now. And yeah. without a doubt, we're situated in Salt Lake City. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that, that question that you asked, you said, So, what did you learn about the church at large? And then, what have you learned now that you've been in Salt Lake City? I, I think that the necessity of community. Um, for people to make it, I mean, the, one of the primary means of grace, outside of the actual word and the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God, is is Christian community. And um, and I would actually say that Christian community flavors those other two. You know, like when I'm learning, I can read the Bible, 
And yet, because of my perspective, I'm, I'm a little bit limited. But when I read the Bible in community with other Christians, I, mm. I, I'm like, I can't believe, oh, I didn't even see that. Right. I, oh, my word. Right. Yes, you're right. And it just, you know, feeds my soul. So first of all, I, I think we learned the breadth of the church while traveling those 20 years. But now the necessity of community and situatedness. Uh, this is so counterculture to our individualistic Western society. I mean, our mobile society, our, our giga economy. I mean, we're just like, like I'm going to travel here. I'm going to go here, and oh, I get a hundred dollar uh, a week raise. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Missouri. You know, he's just like <laughs> serious. What about your family? What about the the people you've been pouring into? And I just think that the necessity of community, because actually, sanctification is a Sanctification is a long, hard obedience in the same direction. Um, I'm reading a little book. Uh, I think it's Eugene Peterson. And that that's a, that's a really good phrase, mm-hmm. um, especially for like I'm counseling with my children and they're frustrated that they're not totally changing and being like Jesus, you know. And I, and I said, oh, it's just a long, hard obedience in the same direction. And I think that to say that we go like, uh-huh. Well, then that probably means means you need community, which is why we probably need to be situated in a church. Mm. And I think um, to see that the best disciples are made over the long haul, uh, it doesn't take away from what we did this week. Like I, I actually feel like I'm, I have a more freedom this week just to know I'm plugging into what Harvest is doing, right? And as a different voice, and just with different personality, and a really pointed emphasis. But I'm not the the end all be all for harvest. I'm just a piece, a small little piece of what has been going on for a long time. And and those, when they're done correctly, they sure work together well. Yeah. Well, we've really felt that, uh, which I think is the result of, for sure, prayer, like mindedness, ministry wise. But yeah, your ministry this week mm-hmm. has just, you know, come in and filled in gaps, and just feels like. Mm-hmm. By God's spirit, just pushing forward what God's Hmm. doing here. And it's been a neat thing to see God do that. Talking about the church in that way, um, Sunday evening, uh, you talked about Colossians chapter 3 and how to grow spiritually, along with some other things. Lots of Christians uh, that I would talk to, I'm sure you would talk to too, maybe a lot of Christians who are listening, they know that they're believers, but they've never really felt like they've ever grown. Or if there's been a time right. in their life where they've grown spiritually, they don't feel like they're growing right now. Yeah, yeah. They might go to church, yep. but this idea of actually having their faith grow mm. almost feels like it's another world. Mm. Why do you think people feel this way? Oh, I, why don't we say it? Why do I feel this way sometimes? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I was just, um, you know, I'm 48 years old. And even this week, as I was prepping through Colossians 3, I was, you know, I, I'm like, well, what about my own life? You know, what about these areas that I feel like, I, I don't know if you're like this, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's like three, four areas in my life that I find I'm confessing sin in like every day, you know? But when I look at the big picture, I am different. Hmm. I love a quote by, oh man, I think it's Bunyan. I think he said, I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be, but I am what I am by the grace of God. And so first of all, for someone, let's now let's zero it in on the, the exact question you said. So if that person could really zoom out of their life and look at their big picture, first of all, they they might be encouraged if, and see some change over the big picture. 
And that's really the, the, a key word, connection for peace. Like people that are still tracking this, right? When we talk about growing spiritually, it means a couple different things, but a big piece of it is change, yeah, right? That's right. In fact, I, I like that word for that text. Mm-hmm. The Christian life demands change. So so there's two themes in Colossians. Christ is overall and Christ is our all in all. So he demands change because he's the Lord. So though we didn't get into this, in that text, there's imperatives and there's indicatives. So what I did in preaching is in the first point, I gave all the imperatives. I said, you are supposed to do this. And I didn't really say it this explicitly, but that's because Christ is overall. He's the Lord. He mm-hmm. can demand whatever he wants. But the second point, I gave the indicatives, which gives us our position, which gives us the means by which we obey. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that sometimes when we're struggling, first of all, I, I'd want to ask that person, is there anyone in your life helping you? Because right now you need people. You need to see a, a manifestation of God's love. You, no man has seen God at any time, but that you love one another. So when you are in Christian community, you see the love of God through people. Okay, sometimes just tasting the love of God through another person is just enough of a breath to cause you to breathe more. Mm. And then as you breathe more, then you're able to do, in that passage, there were four things. And it was like, okay, seek Jesus with your head and with your heart. Um, I wrote them down. Okay, you got them? Yeah. Develop a passion to know and love Christ. I don't know if I got them yeah, perfectly. That's good, though. That's right? good. Be ruthless about right. dealing with your sin and selfishness. Great. Be active in pursuing the attributes of Jesus. And then, I don't know, I don't have this one completely. I was tracking some other yes. stuff, but dwell together in unity, that's something right. like that. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly it. And okay. those four elements of like, I want to love Jesus personally. I want to know him, and I want to, I in my affections, not just know of him, but actually love him. Then, then like, just deal with your sin. I think this is a great place for some people to start. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're discouraged because we just aren't being ruthless right now. Right. Like, if you know of, if, I mean, like, if somebody knows that there's a broken relationship and bitterness, they should just go deal with that. Um, if they've got an issue with, with the images they're seeing on their phone, throw it away, get accountability, get some software on there, do something radical about that sin and selfishness. Right. That's a big piece, I, I you know, in talking with people that they are feeling a conviction yeah. about some area that they feel like they're not measuring up to what God's called them to do. And that's a guilt. Yes. You know, conviction is one thing that's coming from God, but it produces this guilt right. in their life. And so you just, if you don't know how to deal yeah. with that, you try, you try, and it just sits okay. there. And that really. Okay. I'll, I'll give a personal one. I sure. just get convicted about my prayer life. Yeah. So I'm laying in bed this week and the Lord's just working in my heart. Well, what do I do? I got out of bed and I just started pacing that room and I just prayed for a while. Mm-hmm. Like just obey. Like we're all there. We're all there. You you know that whether it's the morality or the bitterness or the tell the truth. But then identify one of those attributes of Jesus and let's get some explicit scriptures about it and let's memorize those and let's think about those. And then dwell in unity in the church. Like like make sure that you're assembling yourself together. Hebrews um talks about the necessity of persevering. And often he says, looking diligently, lest any of you fail the grace of God. And and all through Hebrews, he's talking about the one another passages. Like, I need people to drag me along. I need people to poke me. I need people to, to pull me. But then simultaneously, there's times I'm running and I look at my buddy and he's struggling and I get to poke him. And even in poking him, I'm convicted in that. And so there's this obedience factor, this long, hard obedience in the same direction. But I don't think we can ever disconnect it from those indicatives I talked about, our position in Jesus Christ, how that at salvation, the death, burial, resurrection power of Jesus now through the Spirit dwells in me. 
that even though I don't feel like it, I can't obey. Like, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like saying no to impurity. I don't feel like saying no to bitterness. No, I can because Jesus broke those chains of sin. So I can actually start developing Christian character. So if it starts with a grace enabled, starts with grace, then I can make a little choice to make a little choice, to make a little choice, to make a little choice. And then that's what Christian character is. And that's what you're looking for. That feeling of change. You're actually hoping to look in the mirror and see a little bit of Christian character, but Christian character in the, in the mega sense is actually Christian character in the miniature sense. Like little choice, little choice, little choice. And um, I think we would be surprised at the end of our days that we would hear someone say, you know what, you're a different guy. You're describing a tension that I I know I feel personally and a a lot of people feel, I think. Uh, In fact, you you referenced this. I don't remember if it was that Sunday night or another message. Um, Sometimes we're struggling with something. And we hear somebody say, here's the three keys, oh, or, yes. you know, if you do these things, then this is going to solve, right? Take two, yeah. t- yep. take two Bibles and read two scriptures and all your you know, yeah. sins are going to go away, right? Or read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, 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 right? Right. Right. right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've heard from the time we're kids. Okay. But, all right. But you also described for us, rightly so, here's four things. That's right. Right. And that's the tension I think sometimes feel people feel like, like, okay, I'm struggling with things, so I got to develop this passion, know and love Christ. I got to be ruthless about, you know, dealing with yes. my sin. I got to be active in pursuing the attributes of Jesus. I got to dwell together yes. in unity. I'm working hard at this. And man, today was just horrible. I just did the same thing that's I didn't right. want to do. That's right. Oh man, I, I'm with you. So what, what do we do? Like we, we come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at that moment we repent. Uh, Martin Luther said, all of the Christian life is repentance. And I really get it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't get it as in I wish I applied it better, but I understand. Um, and I don't want, I don't want to confuse, confuse anyone listening right now. Um, Cause I'm not saying that, you know, we need to get saved every single day, but in a sense, we need to come back to that same dependence, humble dependence on Jesus to forgive us of what we just did. Yeah, amen. Well. And that humble dependence for the grace to obey tomorrow. And so, you know, sometimes I've heard some theologians will talk about, preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the idea. It's, it's not like they're saying you need to once again get justified, but they're saying, no, what you need is once again to be reminded of who you are in Jesus and what that resurrection power did and how that, that resurrection power frees you to obey. And disconnected, it, it, gets, um, it gets real sloppy if we're just like, yeah, I'm forgiven. I can, and you almost say, I can do whatever I want, which that's not the Bible. Or it's like you said, do these four things, mm-hmm. And now, now I'm actually like, okay, I'm checking off the, the little paper that I read my chapter for the day. Right. I'm checking off the paper that I prayed for 15 minutes. I'm checking off the fact that I went to church. And that seems so cold. It doesn't seem like love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And that tension that you're talking about, I think the reason why God allows it, I've, I've, I just think it's because he, he says the just shall live by faith. By faith, the righteous shall live. And it's like it keeps us dependent like, cause some of us are super disciplined. I got friends. I think, I think we got friends that are like unbelievable discipline. Well, well, they need to have the softness of knowing that Jesus keeps them. And I got some friends that are just so devotional, but they could borderline a little lazy <laughs> and God just keeps all of his people in that tension to be dependent on him by faith, trusting my position to then therefore change my practice. 
Well, growth is something that God does. Oh, that's true. We yes, don't that's do right. it, right? So I can't, uh, it's just like, you know, if I want to put on, I was talking about this recently, if I want to put on 15 pounds of muscle, I, I can't do that. But there are some things that I have to do yes. in order for that to happen from, you know, physiologically. So, I mean, God's spirit, that's why they're called the fruit of the spirit. Right. You talked about yep. that. God's spirit wants to grow these in my life, but they're not going to grow in a vacuum no. where where I'm not uh, putting into practice the disciplines of that's right. of my walk. We're out of time, but maybe we could take a second here because that last one um, seems so critical, Will, when you talked about dwell together in unity. Yeah. And I think probably some people that are will be listening would say, I don't really know what that means. I mean, yeah. does that mean just come to church more? Right, right, right. What's it No, about? it's so much deeper. Okay. Like, like on a theological level, there's a word called fellowship. And the Greek word is koinia. But, yeah. but what does it mean? It means like Jesus is in me. Jesus is in you. There's only one Jesus. So in a sense, there's a unity between us that is all the way down to the theological basis of what the Spirit of God did in my life in allowing Jesus to dwell in me through the Spirit of God. Jesus dwells in you through the Spirit of God. And so therefore, there's this theological unity, right? Well, this should result in more than just, hi, how are you, Gary? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm good too. Okay, I'll see you next Sunday. Right. Um, that's not how people who are one communicate. Fellowship actually pushes the believer to go, how are you? And and then the response is, I'm actually terrible. I'm so bad. I'm so angry at my wife. I'm so struggling with my child. I, I'm so tr- struggling with my own thoughts towards this, my, my employer, whatever the, the issue is. So that this other Christian can go like, oh, wow, can you, you need to cry on my shoulder? Do you just need to talk to me about these things? Or do you need counsel? Do you, do you need the word of God? Can I do? And even in that passage, what does it say? Sing to one another mm-hmm. hymns, songs, spiritual songs. And it's the, the, the idea is you're taking word-filled songs, ministering to other people so that you know we're helping each other actually grow in grace. And I think dwell in unity, there's this presupposition that if you've offended me, that I've actually said, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to go at it from a, an angry perspective. I'm going to say, Hey, Gary, something's wrong with us. Something's off. And it happened over the circumstance. And there's some things I know that you said that wounded me, but I got to believe for you to say those words, I probably wounded you and don't even realize it. Can we talk this through? I don't know. He knew. I don't know who needs to share the wounds first, but something's not right, Gary. And I, unfortunately, I've seen many times where there's there's oughts in church members' lives with other Christians. Sometimes it's because of social social things, economic things, judgmental things, just a distance. Like you've never even had a a coffee with that person. You're thinking evil about somebody and. I mean, how many times have you thought evil of somebody and then and then you go and get with them and, and your heart's totally broken for them. You realize all the trials and issues of their life and you're like, oh, I love you, you know. And and there are churches that um, I've been in that it just bleeds Christian unity. Mm-hmm. And those are the churches that just have something happening. You know, they, they're, they're making disciples. Yeah, and that kind of relationship involves time oh, wow. and sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, that's really kind of the point of this, that I think sometimes we can feel like I got to figure out on my own, how do I 
grow spiritually, yeah. and it does happen in community, which is more than just attending church. So that's a good reminder to us. I loved how that came together with these other, you know, kind of put off, put on, but I got to do that with other yes. brothers and sisters. Yeah, amen. So, hey, I w- we could spend a lot more time yep. on this. Thankful for your ministry, which put us deeply into these conversations uh, across our church and impacted our Mm -hmm. island. So thank you for being willing to come. Say thank you to Christy and your kids for letting you go for a little bit. Um, So thanks. It really is our joy as a family. And they've been they've been pulling along this week as well and praying and and it's our, our joy to participate in what God's doing here. This is just a, a wonderful place and we just pray God's richest blessing on, on harvest. All right. Thanks, Will. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we just want to invite you again to services this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. It's gonna be a big week because we're beginning our Christianity 101 series. We meet at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday morning. We'd love to see you at either service. We do have a live stream of the 11 a.m. service that can be found at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And we do have Japanese and Korean translation offered during that 11 a.m. service. Christianity 101 this week, if you're struggling with any of these big questions of life, we're going to look to the scriptures for answers to them. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Mm -hmm.